wanted to stick in their own thing. And they felt like if I collaborate with somebody else, they're going to be taking my members or they're going to be, they're going to do better than me. And I feel like now the world has realized that that's not the case. A rising tide lifts all ships and you want to surround yourself with people that do different things than you, but are motivated and fire you up and complement what your services are. Welcome to the Business Muscle Podcast, where we empower entrepreneurs to transform their businesses into unstoppable empires. I'm Elise, CPA turned serial entrepreneur. And I'm Arielle, a seasoned physical therapist and business owner. We're two female entrepreneurs with a passion for helping small business owners like you achieve massive success. With our combined expertise, we've scaled to an impressive seven businesses in less than seven years. And guess what? Each of them was profitable right from the start. But we didn't stop there. We're here to share our secrets, strategies, and insider tips to help you turn your business into a thriving reality. And hey, we're not just all about business. As a physical therapist and fitness instructor, we'll also sprinkle in some fitness and wellness tips along the way. Join us on the Business Muscle Podcast every Monday as we guide you step-by-step towards financial freedom and building the business of your dreams. It's time to level up your business. Get ready to flex your business muscle. Hey guys, Ariel here. Before we dive into today's episode, I just want to take a second to tell you about our free 30-minute webinar that we're hosting on January 25th at 7.30 p.m. called Why You Should Be a Cash-Based PT. So I was a physical therapist in the insurance world for years before I opened my own business. I was seeing multiple patients at the same time. I was limited in what I could do because of the restrictions around insurance, and I was severely underpaid. When I finally took the leap to open my own business, I could finally see just one patient at a time. So my patients all started getting better faster because I could use all the skills in my toolbox without any restrictions. We ended up being cash flow positive in the first month and hit six figures at just four months in. This webinar covers all the reasons why you can and should be a cash-based PT and why it might not be as hard as you think to get started. So if you are a PT or you know a PT who's interested, definitely send them our way. And if you can't make it on January 25th, you can catch the replay and watch it anytime. We're going to link in the show notes how to register. We'll hope to see you there. Let's get to the episode. All right. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome back to the Business Muscle Podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Ariel. Good morning or good afternoon, whenever you're listening to this. We're so excited to be here today. The episode is my six pieces of advice that I give every new business owners. So don't be surprised if some of these challenge your thinking. They don't align with what you've maybe heard. And some of them you might just flat out disagree with, and that's okay. But when I first started my business over seven years ago, I was cash flow positive in the very first month. I was able to hit six figures within four and a half months. And I truly believe that a part of this early success and the reason that I was able to scale so quickly into five locations in three years was due to these six key pieces. And so whenever I sit down with new business owners, these are definitely some of the things that I'll go through and I'll mention to them. So some were hard lessons that I learned a little bit later on. And I'm hoping that you hearing this now, you can kind of skip some of the hurdles or the missteps that I took. If you're an experienced business owner, maybe this is a way for you to just kind of rethink about things. Maybe you do or don't agree with some of these things, or maybe it's just good to have a fresh set of eyes on the way you're doing things. So we're going to jump right in. So my first piece of advice is respond to people even if it's a no. So this is huge. This is one of the first things I said to Ariel when we first opened Fixed is you're never too busy. You're never too important to respond to people. And this isn't 
all like the spam emails you get. If you get those constant spam emails, like I want to redo your website, like I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about if a client or another business owner or somebody just emails you and they say, Hey, Elise, I love what you're doing with Sweatfix. I'd love to buy you a cup of coffee and just sit down and pick your brain. Or I have an idea of a collaboration. I will respond to every single email. And usually it's within a day. I don't think that you should ever be thinking that you are either too good or too busy for someone because A, you never know their background. You never know what they might be bringing to the table. There's been a couple different situations where people have asked to meet with me and I was super busy. I think I was pregnant at the time and I was like, of course, like I just found a way to fit this cup of coffee in. And I was so surprised when they came to the table with their backgrounds, whether they were like top finance people or if they had backgrounds in operations. And I've always got something important and learned something from these conversations. So I think it's huge that you never just ignore emails. It's just not a good practice to get into the habit of. I think being a business owner who responds and responds promptly is a great trait to have. And then also, you never know when you're going to run back into somebody. So before I opened Sweatfix, I'll always remember this story. I had reached out to another business owner in this area who they knew who I was. I came to their studio, all that, all that stuff. So it wasn't like just a cold email. And I actually messaged them on Facebook and they never responded to me. And then when I went and opened Sweatfix... A couple of years later, all of a sudden, this person came back around and reached back out via this same DM on Facebook. And you could look up and you saw there was a line where it was my message that years later, she never responded to. And then it was her message now wanting to talk to me now that I was successful or I don't know, she wanted to clap or whatever it was. But it just left not a great taste in my mouth because I don't want to talk to people once I like once I'm successful, like people that gave you time when you're technically not like a nobody, but like I had at the time I had no business. I guess there was probably no reason to talk to me, but you never know when you're going to run back into that person. So even if it's just a response saying, Hey, like I see your email. Thank you for reaching out at this time. I don't think the collab makes sense or we're doing this with our business right now. Let's circle back in six months, at least giving them a response as to why it doesn't make sense for you right now. It's not saying you need to say yes to everything, but you need to, I believe, you need to respond to everybody who's genuinely reaching out to you because it just sets a great tone for you as a business owner. Yeah, absolutely. And especially in the beginning when your network is so small, you need to make all those connections and you never know who else that person might know or what else it might get you into, what other connections they may have. So we did a ton of that in the beginning and we got some no's in the beginning of Fix too, but we reached out to every single person that we possibly could to get them into Fix. And I really think that was one of the main reasons why we were so successful from month one is because we reached out to everyone and everyone who reached out to us, even if it was someone that we hadn't heard of before, we always responded, whether it was a yes or a no, or let's do something, let's chat. And it just helped us build our network so quickly. Yeah. And I think it just, you can just tell when somebody's going to be successful right off the beginning. I said that story about Meg St. Mark from Revd when I was a nobody and I sent her an email and she immediately responded to me. She had, she had no like need to probably want to talk to me at the time. I was probably just taking up some of her time when she was probably really busy launching this company, but how you do the little things I say this all the time is how you do everything. So if you're taking the time to actually respond to people if you're actually checking your email regularly, like this is a good trade for a business owner and you should be building these habits from the beginning. You don't want to have an email that is just hundreds and hundreds of unread emails. You don't know what you're missing. 
and it just will start to kind of pour into other areas of your business, I truly believe. So my number one piece of advice, or number one, it's not the most important, but it's number one is respond to people even if it's a no. So if you haven't been, it's a good time to start responding to people. Yeah, it's never too late. You can always start now. Just get back to people. And even even if it's something that you don't have time for right now, just give them a timeline and circle back and follow up at another time. Yeah, because you might be missing an opportunity that that you didn't even know. If I ignored Ariel and I said like, no, this needling thing, like it's not yeah. for me. I'm too busy with the five sweat fix locations. Like look at the opportunity. Good thing. That we could have missed. <laughs> and that's why right now, we, and we still do this, like we get business owners that reach out to us. They want to jump on Zoom. They want to grab a cup of coffee. One, we love it. It fires us up. We love to hear the stories and we love to give people advice and kind of try to help them get to the next level. But also at the same time, like we don't know when it would be a great collab for us or a great business to invest in. So for us, like we could be missing out on the next big thing that we want to be a part of. Right. Yeah. And just listen to everyone else's ideas because someone who has a different perspective than when you ha- what you have could be something really positive, like what you and I have. Like I was someone who had no business prior business experience, but I came in with a totally different skill set. And the combination of the two just ended up being, you know, so caused exponential growth at fixed. So even though we were different, had different skill sets, it was a great collaboration. Yep. And you feel if you feel like you don't have time to get through your emails, you need to go back and assess like how efficient you're being and organized. You you have time. I don't care who you are. You have time to check your email. Maybe you just need to shuffle the way you've been doing things because it should be important to give give people responses in a reasonable time. It doesn't have to be immediately, but a reasonable time. Right. Even if it's just when you're driving on your way home, make time for that call during that period of time. Yep, definitely. So my piece of advice, number two, and this is a big one. This is a big one is to show up. And there's a quote that says that 80% of success in life is just showing up. And I truly believe this. And there's lots of examples for what showing up is. It could be when you're with your family or your friends or your coworkers actually being present, showing up, maybe putting your phone away and being in the moment with them and actually giving them your time. It could be showing up if you're a business owner, showing up for your other employees, showing up for at least at sweat fix. When I have a new instructor, I show up to their classes. I'm in the front row. I'm their biggest cheerleader. You want to show up for other people and not just expect people to show up for you. Um, a lot of the time I like to say like we lead by example at Sweatfix and that involves showing up to things. It involves whether it's showing up on Instagram or showing up to events or giving people feedback. Like you're not just there to take from people. You're there to give, add value to people and show up for things that are important to them. Right. And I had just had a recent experience with this. I got invited to an event at a CrossFit gym about pelvic floor health. And I saw the email come through and I was like, yeah, of course, I'm so excited about this. Even though, you know, it had been a long day. I've been up since early and it was a late event. Um, You know, something that if I, you know, didn't think that showing up was important, maybe I would have brushed aside. But when I got to the event, the person who was running it told me that she invited six other PTs in the area and none of the rest of them showed up to that event. So essentially during this event, she was talking about pelvic floor PT and how incredible the benefits are of having pelvic floor PT and was calling me up to the front throughout the whole presentation and adding me to ask certain things or adding me to asking me to add things into what she was saying, giving my advice, letting me talk to the clients there. And we ended up getting so many clients from that event. I'm like, thank God I showed up to that one event, even though, you know, if I had not made the time for it, it would have been something that someone else would have just brushed off. Yeah. And you could have thought like, oh, this isn't our event. Like, what am I going to get 
out of this. But all these studios have supported us. They've done stuff for us because we'll show up for them. I think it's a give and take. And I think like being in the right time, being in the right place at the right time is also like a huge key to success. So when you show up consistently in small ways, you're creating more chances that you'll be in the right place for these opportunities. Right. Because you never know when that's going to come up. This could have been an event where I didn't talk to any clients that were going to be right for our program, but it ended up being one where I talked to like 10 clients who were going to be right for our program. So you just never know which ones are going to be important until you try. Yeah. And at the beginning, you are in grind mode. You are in hustle mode. Your day should be filled to the brim. Like you are not quitting your job to work less hours. You're quitting your jobs to work and build an empire for yourself that eventually down the line, it will run and it will scale. But at the beginning, you should be going to every single event. You should be showing up for your team. Even if you're not the one teaching a class or you're not the one doing services, you're there checking in, you're there supporting, you're showing up because that accumulative time after time is where opportunities are going to come. Growth is going to come and people are going to want to be around you. People want to be around people that show up for other people. You can tell when it's somebody that's just there for them and they want to get in, they want to get out. They're just punching in, punching out. What the opposite is where people that want to give to other people and they want to show up. That's the type of person you want to be around. Right. Yeah. The enthusiasm is contagious and it really shows people how much you care about your business, how passionate you are about what you do. And even if you show up somewhere and you only talk to one person, like you're still explaining what you do to that one person and spreading the word to that one person. You never know who else they might talk to after they speak with you. Definitely. And with showing up, it's respecting people's time. Show up and be on time. This is the biggest pet peeve for me, like being late. It's like such a respect thing. I... If I was ever late, like it would kill my soul. I'm getting hives thinking about showing up late to something because I feel like it it acts like I don't respect your time. And the time is your most important resource. Like money, fine, but like time, you only get a certain amount of time in a day. So respect people's time. Show up on time. If you're especially if you're asking to meet with somebody or if you're doing some sort of event, make sure you're on time. You're early, you're there. It's just a mutual respect thing. I think it definitely goes a long way. Yeah. Show up and be prepared for whatever you're meeting with someone to talk about, you know, have things that you want to discuss. If it's a meeting that you're showing up to show up prepared and have topics that you want to talk about to continue to advance the business forward. So number three, this might be controversial and I don't care. I truly believe that it's not great to be a jack of all trades and a master of none. Now hear me out before you start flipping tables or disagreeing. What I mean is, especially when you're starting out your business, like sure, once you're 10 years down the line or whatever, you can definitely branch out. But when you're starting out your business, you want to be really freaking good at one thing. You don't want to open your business and then a couple months later, then you're launching sandwiches and coffee and then you're running yoga classes. No, you want to be really freaking good. So for example, when I opened SweatFix, I wanted to be the best rowing and strength studio in the country. I wanted to be so good at what we did that I could teach people our method, that when you came to Sweatfix, you knew exactly what you were going to get and that we were going to crush it. I didn't want to then bring treadmills in and then bring, I don't know, Pilates machines in because then you're just watering down your services. And at the beginning, you're trying to still nail everything down. You're trying to spend all this time on getting the word out. Like there's just too many things if you're constantly adding new things without even being good at them to begin with. So that's why I say it's better to be a master of one thing than a jack of a hundred trades and doing all these different things because then also your attention gets split. 
And you can't be awesome at one thing. I think it was Warren Buffett. He's, I think it was him. Don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure it was him. He said, like, write down your 10 goals and then cross out like eight of them and only focus on the top two because you're not going to be able to focus on 10 goals at once. You need to focus on maybe one or two things and be really good at them because the people that are crushing your industry or are crushing whatever market you're in, they've spent tens of thousands of hours probably on being the best at what they do. And so if you're trying to take pieces and pieces and pieces, they're already tens of thousands of hours ahead of you. You need to be really good at the one thing that you're doing. And then from there, you can grow where it makes sense. So we own a physical therapy body work studio. We launched with four services, dry needling, Raston, cupping, and stretching. After two years, we added back on our, our P, uh, PT, sorry, PT, and then we added pelvic floor PT, which is in line with our business. But we aren't then adding treadmills to our studio to add treadmill classes. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And if you're not sure if something fits in what you're doing, just always go back to your mission and your values. Those are the things that will guide what to, you know things fit within that topic. So our mission and our values is to help people move and feel better and get them back on their feet and back to the things that they love to do. So does public floor fit into that? 1000% if it's into it. So that's how we decided to go that route and what we're going to add and what we're not going to add. You know, when we added the Normatec boots, same thing. Does it align with the values in the mission? Yes, it does. So that's when we can start to branch out and add things in that are still aligned with the big goal. Yeah. And it's not that you can't get creative and you can add all like the bells and whistles and go deeper instead of maybe wider. A lot of people are like, I'm just going to keep adding, keep adding, keep adding. And they're adding going wider instead of deeper. So pelvic floor is deeper from PT. We're going to keep going and getting, adding more value and getting better at what we're doing with that one kind of category. And if you look at all these super successful chains, how does Chick-fil-A crush it like they do? How do they scale the way they do? Is their menu huge? No, they sell a chicken sandwich. Basically, that's like their whole menu, but they are the best at what they do. They have the best processes around it and they just crush it. If you look at like a Chipotle, these menus aren't huge. These places, they're not offering all these tons of different things. Soul Cycle, they're really freaking good at spin. That's what they do. And I truly believe that, especially at the beginning when you're a business owner, you need to focus on being really, really good at what you do. And this might not be your only business. Spoiler alert. This is, I'm on to like my third business now. So you're not like, it's not like you only have to do this for the rest of your life. A lot of people's first business either A, isn't successful or they'll sell it or they'll do something else. You have a long life. You can do many things, but when you launch your first business, try to be really freaking good at that so you can focus on one thing because it's easy to get pulled in a ton of different directions and then not be really that great at anything. You're just doing a lot of things kind of half-assed. Right. And it's always about building trust with your clients. So you want to be the number one person that they're going to go to when they need the service that you provide. So the deeper that you can go into that, the more trust that you're going to build with your clients and the more they're likely they're going to be to come to you when they need the services that you have. So if you're always posting about different things going different directions, they're not going to know which way to follow you versus if you are the best at the one topic. Absolutely. And I think this falls into my point number four, which is collaboration is your best friend. So for example, sweat fix, we do rowing, we do strength, we don't do spin. And so when I launched sweat fix, I was reaching out to all the spin studios, sweat, 
Revved, like Inner Cycle, all the spin studios in our era. And we collaborated with them. And seven years ago, when I first opened this collaboration in business, especially in fitness, especially with female business owners, was not something that was being done. Sweat crawls were not as popular as they are now. It felt like everybody wanted to stick in their own thing. And they felt like if I collaborate with somebody else, they're going to be taking my members or they're going to be, they're going to do better than me. And I feel like now the world has realized that that's not the case. A rising tide lifts all ships and you want to surround yourself with people that do different things than you, but are motivated and fire you up and complement what your services are. So when I first opened the studio, I literally reached out to every other fitness studio that didn't do things like me. I reached out to every single brewery. I showed up in Lululemon and harassed them. I wanted to collaborate with any single person that would talk about fitness or would do sweat fix classes or wanted us to come and pop anything up. I literally just went out there showed up to their things like we said earlier, but then said like, come and bring your stuff to our clients. And that's truly one of the ways that we were able to grow without $1 of advertising. We didn't spend a dollar of advertising until after COVID. And we barely even spend any marketing dollars on it compared to what most people do. But until COVID, we didn't spend a dollar because we did so many collaborations. We were trying to help other businesses. And in return, it helped our business. We did karma fixes with local organizations. There's so many ways that you can collaborate and grow your business and not see people as somebody that's like a true competitor because there is enough for everybody. Right. Yeah. And it goes back to the point that you made earlier about being in the right place at the right time. Like you never know when those two studios come together, which clients might overlap. You talk to the right person and things take off from there. Like how I even met you in the first place was that you were doing a collaboration at a bar in Southie that I was, I knew the bar. I didn't know sweat fix yet, (laughs) but doing that event met you and look where things went from there. And like the true, like fixed, we opened fixed in January, but before our launch, we did two weeks where we invited every single person in wellness, fitness owners, anybody that we knew that would listen. And within those first two weeks, 21 different businesses came in. Every single person, except for two business owners, came in and supported Fix. And I truly believe that was the reason that it had the huge success that it did the first month. And I will be forever grateful to those businesses because they are egoless. They are humble. They are so community driven. They came into our studio. They, they love the service, but they were doing it for us at the beginning. And then right. they realized that they love the service and they come back now on their own. But the collaboration enabled us to explode into the scene like we did in those first two weeks. Yeah, absolutely. And we had people posting about us and sharing their stories, sharing what their experiences was like with us and just getting eyes on what we were doing on a clientele that we never would have seen on our own. So it was just super important to have that outreach and have that growth just happen exponentially from there because other people were sharing their positive experience with us. So if you're stuck and you're like, I've plateaued or I don't know how to launch this thing and I don't have ad money to put in, I just don't, maybe I don't have the biggest Instagram following. I don't have that presence. Get out there and collaborate with people. People are willing to help. They're willing to join. I feel like more now than they were 10 years ago, they're willing to collaborate and help each other and support. And they're more community driven because that's what clients are looking like. So definitely get out there and figure out who can I work with? Who can I support? Who can I support? They can support me. We can do referrals. And that will be the best way to grow your business at the beginning. Yeah. And there, there might be some things that 
you might think, is this a competitor? Is this someone who I should collaborate with? Like I know one for fixed that we work with a ton now is chiropractors. And in the beginning, I was like, is this too similar to what we do? But it's not. It's, you know, too, we, we all have the same goal and it's to get people to move better and to feel better. So if we can work with those different groups, we can provide things that they don't do. They can provide things that we don't do. That's been a great collaboration, especially in our Haverhill location about just getting new clients in the door and continuing to spread the word. All right. Number five, and this is a big one. Do not make the business all about you. The goal for you when you quit your job is to not just run a business and be the business, right? You want to let the business run without you. If you're doing all the things, which you will be at the beginning. So take a step back real quick. At the beginning, you will be doing everything. You will be cleaning the toilets. You will be fixing whatever breaks in your studio. You will be answering the phone. You will be servicing clients or making products. At the beginning, you will be doing all the things. But the goal is that eventually... The business isn't you and you are running the business. So if five years in, six years in, or even a couple of years in, if I was still teaching every single class, if I'm still teaching 20 plus classes a week, something is going wrong because then I'm the business. There's no business. I'm the business. I'm the one doing everything. So you need to get to the point where you're building in processes. You're finding out ways that you can build a team so that the quality and the services or the products are at the exact same level as if you were there, but you can step away and focus on big ticket items. Because if you're still running all the day-to-day things, you're doing everything, you're working a hell of a lot more hours than you were hoping, I guarantee. And at that point, you should have just been an employee for any somebody else because you're essentially an employee for your own business. Right. Yeah. I think this is really important. Even from day one, even if you don't have any other employees yet, pretend like you do and document everything that you're doing. Everything that we do at Fix now we record a video for. So this is our process for this. This is how we make an email. This is how we create an image on Canva. We have a process for every single pro- every single uh, thing that we do in the studio. And it just makes it so much easier to then delegate those tasks to someone else on your team. So even if day one, it's just you start documenting everything that you're doing so that one day you can pass it off to the next person. Yeah. And the things that you like to do, you can definitely keep those things. But then you start, like she said, you're building out job descriptions for somebody else to come in and you're able to replicate it and have it at the same level that you want. If you're sitting there and if, say, for example, if you're a, a fitness studio owner, and obviously that's my business, so I know this more than anything else, but if you're an owner and you're sitting there and you are jealous of somebody else's class doing better than yours, you need to take a step back and reassess because you should be the biggest cheerleader for your employees. For me, I want everybody else's classes to waitlist instead of mine. I don't want people to only want to go to my class. This is not the Elise Kyra studio. This is sweat fix. And so if you're thinking like, oh, somebody else is getting better numbers than me, you need to be changing your mindset. This is your business. This is, you're not the business and you want them to thrive so that you can step back and figure out how am I going to take this business from six figures to seven figures? How am I going to open one location, two locations, five locations? If you are still the driving force behind your business, doing everything, you are not going to be able to scale because you can't be two places at once. Right. And I think if this is happening, praise your team for what's happening. If they have a full schedule or a full class, shout them out in front of everyone else. Praise them in public and make them know that what they're doing is 
not it's good for everyone involved. It's good for them because they're busy, they're doing the job that they are meant to do. They're, you know, being fulfilled in the role that they're in and know that they're successful at it. And it's good for you and the business because that's how the business is going to continue to grow. So definitely keep pumping up your team and pumping their tires. Yeah. And this is one thing that I wish I did seven years ago. At the beginning of SweatFix, I didn't have any processes. I was the person that taught 20 to 30 classes a week. I did every single thing. All the processes were in my head. I did everything myself. All the auto, uh, there was no auto emails, all the emails I would manually send, all the follow up. Everything was in my head and I just did it all. And I wish that I could go back because now we're doing it so much better now. Now we've built out our processes. But if I had gone back then and from the very beginning built out what we want, and then it's also easier to hire people because then you actually have a job for them. It's not like, come in, we de- I know I need help. I'm working 60 hours a week, but I don't actually know what you need to do. So if you build out those and you actually have a job description, it's so much easier to grow your team. They can be more successful because they actually know what they need to do. It's not like just in my head or that we're just expecting them to know what to do. So from the beginning, build those processes so that you can take yourself out of the business to focus on growing the business. Right. And you really have to define that role for someone because they didn't create the business. You did. So they're not going to have the exact same passion that you have for the business, but they need their clearly defined role. So if you have someone coming in, it's like, great, we hired someone. We have someone to do all these tasks. Make sure that you know exactly what they're going to be doing so that they feel fulfilled as well. Because what you don't want is someone to come in. They don't feel like they're doing a good job because you're not communicating it clearly as far as what they should be doing. They don't feel like they're getting things done. You don't feel like they're doing what you want them to be doing. It's the, it's the communication across the board that's going to make both parties successful. So just having that really clearly laid out for them so they can come in and crush it. Number six, and you all probably knew this was coming, but you need to know your numbers, period. I don't care if you have a fitness, ba- I'm fitness a financial background. I don't care if Excel makes you nauseous. You need to figure out what works for you and you need to know your numbers, for numerous reasons. I talked to a business owner and I love her. I think she's awesome and she's so good at what she does, but she tells me that she opens her bank account every day and she just prays that it goes up. No, you you can't do that. You're making your life so much harder for so many different reasons. You got to know your numbers, even if it's not as detailed as like your cost of acquisition for clients or you need to know your P&L though, the basics of what you're bringing in, your total costs, your overhead and what you're making. At least, the very least, you should know what your break even is. What do I have to hit to make money that month? If you don't know your numbers, I truly don't know how you can make business decisions because then how do you know if you can add on more classes or people or services or products if you don't know what you're currently making right now? How do you know what your cost per service should be priced at? Are you just looking at what other people are doing? Are you actually mapping out like, what do I need to do? How many people do I need to see to hit my goals? So all these numbers should, they have a purpose and they're, we're not just throwing shit at the wall and hoping that it sticks. Maybe at the beginning I was, but now like every single thing has a purpose. And if I was going to give you that piece of advice, it's to get into the numbers. And it's, if you're not sure you could reach out to somebody. I've been working with a few people, helping them just go through their basic P&L just so that they understand it because it'll make you a much stronger business owner. If you know where your money's coming in, what it should be doing, where it's going to, because if, if you don't, there's no real true way to scale. There's no way to make true business decisions. Um, and then you can even get more complex with things like, what is my retention percentage? 
What is my cost to acquire a client? What's the lifetime value of a customer? Those things are getting a little bit more advanced, but they're super important because again, it's going to help you make business decisions. But for the beginning, knowing your basic P&L, your profits and loss, every single business owner from the very beginning should do that. And even if you have an accountant, that doesn't mean you don't look at your numbers. So you should still I have an accountant for SweatFix. I do the fixed financials myself, but I still go through my SweatFix financials every month for every location. I dig into the numbers. I make sure I know where things are going. They're hitting our goals because it's important because you're running a business. You're, this is not a nonprofit. You're trying to make money. Right. Yeah. And if you got into business and you're not a numbers person like myself, find someone who is and work with them, partner with them, learn from them. Because now I love digging into our numbers and having that meeting every month. It's really motivating and it helps us, like you said, helps us guide our business decisions. But in the beginning, that was one of the reasons why I wasn't sure if I was ever going to open my own business because that seemed very overwhelming to me. But once I actually sat down with you and you looked at all the numbers and actually mapped it out, can this be a successful business? And what does this actually look like? How many clients would we need to see per day to make this actually work? Then I realized that it wasn't so scary. So I just needed someone to give me a little bit of guidance. So if you don't know numbers like I didn't, just find someone who does, whether that's us or you know plenty of other resources online. But we definitely love chatting through things like this. Yeah. I think that people think it's scarier than it is. So monthly we walk through our fixed financials and I walk through them with you. And now that you've actually seen it, it's really not that scary. It's what did we bring in? What did we pay our clinicians? What did we pay for rent? What did we pay for cost of goods sold? What did we pay for like utilities, stuff like that, line items? What did we make? So it's really like you don't need to have an extreme finance background or go to Bentley like in there getting an accounting degree to just basically look through a PL. So we do it every month and then we do look at things like our retention percentage. So we can directly see what our numbers are for our revenue and then our retention percentage usually goes hand in hand. If we're having a higher, if we're retaining seven out of 10 clients, our revenue is going to go up that month. And then there's some months where we look and we're like, okay, our retention is maybe 50%, which is really low for us. And our revenue went down. And then it's like, hey guys, we need to get back to being what we're good at. We need to start really honing in and focusing on our new clients and getting back to why we opened this business in the beginning. So it's not that the numbers are driving everything, but the numbers can be a key gauge of maybe something that you're slipping up on in your business that you didn't wouldn't have noticed if you didn't sit down and say, oh shit, people aren't staying with us. Maybe right. we need to clean up our processes. Maybe we need to spend more time with our clients, whatever it is. Or maybe it was just a weird month. It was around the holidays and people were hectic. You never know until you actually dig deep and then you can make decisions. You just want to give yourself the power to make smart business decisions. Yeah. And I think using that information and communicating that with your team, if you have team members or doing some self-reflection at the end of the month and seeing what you did well, what areas you need to work on. Do we need to do a revamp our sales training for our team? Do we need to check in on this person to make sure that the way that they're wording things is the way that we want things to be worded and that they're doing things with our process. It can just give you insight and direction and make you a better team leader and a better business owner. The goal when you open a business is financial freedom. You want to be able to create the life that you want, have the financial freedom to do the things that you enjoy. And if that's the goal, and I, I most people that is the goal is that they want to have this financial freedom, then you have to understand your financials to have that freedom. right? So if you're sitting there and you're thinking, I have no idea where to start, we do 
our brainstorming consults. We do our sit down. So you could definitely reach out to us. We're more than willing to sit down and make it less scary for you. Um, and that's just a quick flat fee. So if you're interested, definitely reach out to us. We love working with people and it's very, very important. So if it's something you're not doing, it's not too late to start to just be a little bit more educated and empower you to actually have control over the business. Yeah, absolutely. We love hearing where you guys are at in your business and how you can be more successful. And we love talking about this stuff. So yeah. So those are my six key pieces of advice. I get very passionate about all six of them. I get very fired up about most things in general, but so fired up right now, (laughs) but especially these things, because I think a lot of people look past the little things of responding to an email from somebody that you don't think is that important. You're not that successful. I tell myself that all the time. Like I'm not that successful that I can not respond to somebody, that I can not show up, that I can not be excited for my team, that I can not look at my financials. These are things are always important no matter where you are in your journey. So we hope that these six pieces of advice are going to be helping you, whether you're just starting or you're thinking about starting or you're in your business now. If any of these resonated with you, if any of them stuck with you, send a screenshot on your story, tag us, post about it. We'd love to hear from you guys. And leave us a five-star review. We love to see those as well. So we'll see you guys next week. You know where to find us, businessmusclepodcast.com, on Instagram at businessmusclepodcast. I'm Dr. Ariel.dpt, and Elise is Elise Kyra on Instagram. Until next time, guys. You just finished another episode of the Business Muscle Podcast. If you found value in this episode, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. Your reviews mean the world to us and help us reach other listeners who can make a big impact in the business world. Don't forget to join our Business Muscle Podcast Facebook group where you can ask questions and chat with other like-minded entrepreneurs. Stay tuned for our next episode where we'll bring you more expert advice and practical strategies to help you thrive. Thank you for being a part of the Business Muscle community and we'll catch you in the next episode.